Welcome to Dual Win Games, Episode 1. This week in Table Talk, we discuss what got us into the board gaming hobby. We will be reviewing Spirit Island and Sagrada, and we will go over our top 10 games of all time. We are your hosts, Aaron Schmidt, Ryan Gast, and Tim Stearns. So let's just get right into it. We're going to start off with Table Talk, and this topic of the week is what got us into the gaming hobby. Yeah, uh, I used to hang out with these folks from work, and uh, Talisman was the first game that I, real game, that I had ever really played. Uh, I don't even remember anything about it, but that jump started it, and it kind of became funny when I was talking to Ryan at work about it. Uh, I'd have to ask him every time, what game did I play? What game was this? Multiple times. (laughs) Was it a a good jump start into the hobby for you? Uh, Hard to really say. I don't remember anything about it. (laughs) But I I remember it was kind of like a roll and move kind of game. And, you know, it was was a lot about just the group that you were with that kind of got me into the... And you're into fantasy and stuff. Yeah. So that probably helped. Exactly. We played a little bit of D&D and stuff with them too and they're like hey we got this board game and so we busted it out and gave it a shot and it was fun it was fun for me it was probably growing up as a kid we always played games had a lot of fun with them we'd always play axes and allies my brothers were always older than me so they'd beat on me and i would like play wrong and cheat but i always like having the game set up looking at the little pieces and whatnot and like the theme of it we play risk a lot with my friends and stuff, we always like that. Then, uh, as time passed, well, we both went to a. Uh, it was that that run in Minnesota is what I ended up triggering it. Yeah. We, I remember we went there and it was, um, what was it? Gestures was yep. the game yep. that that we had gotten. And we all chipped in. I remember going to that, uh, was it Walmart or something? Walmart or Target or something. Whatever like one. And we went in there and we were looking around. And we are like, hey, let's let's figure out what we can do in our hotel room when we, yeah, when we, we the, wait. Something to do at night yeah. before the next morning. So that was it. I mean, we were playing Clue. I think um, <laughs> one of our one of the guys brought, uh, it was uh, like Super Nintendo Monopoly or something like that. Yeah. I think that was there. Yeah. Um, and then gestures. I remember just laughing like a couple fools in the room. Just, <laughs> I, I think one of them was uh, candlestick, and I think you were like diving for the clue box just to try to get the little candlestick piece. <laughs> and we were yelling out. So that that was somewhat of the start of this. Um, what really got it going. Because then on the way back, I remember we were having a conversation about it. You uh, you had asked us, hey, do you ever go to like Barnes and Nobles and look at some of these more designer type games? Yeah, like and that was didn't even know what they were, but just they looked cool, right? Big, cool looking games. And right. Thinking, man, what like what is how does that even work? You yeah, know? just you look at the back of the box and it's like. Look how awesome this is. Yeah. These, these pieces look amazing. These boards look awesome. It's incredibly overwhelming, but you're looking at it like, man, it looks like it'd be pretty sweet to dive right. into. Right, right. <laughs> and um, I guess to go back for me, when I was a kid, we always played Risk. 
that was big uh, with my mom, my uncle. Uh, we played that a lot. Um, chess was another big one. My mom actually bought me chess books so I could sit and like learn how to play chess. <laughs> hmm. I didn't really play with anybody else because I didn't know anybody else that would play chess. Yeah. So it was pretty much just me hanging out. Reading <laughs> chess, chess. Yeah. yeah it's, just like, oh man, if I ever find anyone. Yeah, if I ever. And then uh, I was pretty excited when I could play online chess with people. That okay. was... Oh boy, big turning that point. That was huge. Yeah. That yeah. was huge. Well, yeah. I remember as a, being a kid, like my dad just slapping us up in uh, Stratego okay. or chess. And it's like, if you ever beat him, it was like life accomplishment. Yeah. And, and just like, so that was a, yeah, way back when. But what mm-hmm. made me dive more head first was like getting together with you, Ryan, and a couple of the guys from work mm-hmm. um, playing like mission red planet and then that kind of spurred into summoner wars tournament yep. that we never finished yeah. <laughs> but that was awesome that, that was yeah. a good game and um that after that we you're like oh every other friday yep. get together I'm like heck yeah camaraderie yeah. let's yep. do this because we had started doing that where we would um it started off with four of us it was me and ryan and then two other guys and I, I, I think Castle Ravenloft. That was the very was the first, first game. One that I remember the, right around Christmas. I went and uh, I, I still have the picture of it. Yeah, I don't know if I, I, don't remember if I ordered it online. If I did go to Barnes and Noble, I picked it up. I got that, and then Conquest and Wrath. And I remember looking at that. And I'm like, man, this this looks really cool. Yeah, and we. We started off where we would get together and just have like little learning sessions, mm-hmm. and it, it just kind of uh, hey let's get together play. We took a we took a ride. I remember all four of us we drove up to uh, one of the local game shops, mm-hmm. and uh, we ended up picking out a couple games. I think I got Descent, and right around that same time I think I got Legendary as well. Oh, Marvel Legendary! I think it was the first one you got. Because I remember being at being there, and you were like, hey, do you think? Uh, you think you'd have fun playing this? I'm like, it looks cool. Yeah, we had, we had no idea. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we didn't walk know. in there and it's just, <laughs> just but, overwhelming. But, you know, that'll happen. Yeah. I know when we were younger, we'd always play, like, Risk and Axis and Allies got me into it. We'd always play, uh, my family would play a lot of, like, card games, like Pinochle and mm-hmm. different things like that. So that always was fun to play and made you think a little bit when you're playing so it was kind of fun so it's like getting into all this other stuff it's like yeah this stuff is just blows these other monopoly these other party games out of the water that i'd always known and played right and even like axis and allies it's like well i mean that was always uh, well it doesn't get better than this but it gets way better (laughs) just like open your eyes yeah now it's it's just something that you didn't even know that stuff existed yeah it, it just keeps getting better and better Yep. It seems like every year that we're we're into it now, and it's just it's just was, so much so much fun. It was like five years ago, I think, when we started, pretty much right around Christmas of the new year. Yeah, I think it was so right at plan. the beginning of the new year. And I hopped in like three years ago or so. Yeah, yeah, because yep. yeah. we'd always my brother would come once in a while, and then a little bit after that, I think Aaron came and some yep. other people here and there, and then just kind of people either trickling in or dropping out, and we've. What are we at? Like, we just had game day yesterday. We had what, seven people seven here? Seven people, yeah. Yep. You know. And at that point, you get to split the group. 
the... play some of the other games. I mean, I don't know. It's <laughs> when going back to the youth. You know, we had like sorry, we had Canasta. I remember, which is just another card game, mm-hmm. and uh, I never enjoyed the game. I just yeah. enjoyed like playing with people because it was it's, something to do. Exactly. And you know, now I don't, I haven't played a a game like Sorry or Clue since the, those fateful yeah. days. <laughs> and I don't. I, I'm wondering what it would be like to go back. Yeah. Well, now when we play. You generally you like most of the games that we play. You're having fun playing the game as well as the people you're hanging out with. So it just makes it yeah just that much better. You know? The the group can really make or break a game. A lot of games. Oh yeah, yeah. a lot of games. Yeah, <laughs> and that's you know as long as you have the right people involved, mm-hmm. you know you're gonna have a good time even if it's a bad game. Right, like yeah. I played with an alpha gamer that uh, made up his own rules. <laughs> yeah, that was that was real fun. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> yeah, and it'd be weird to say it, but I, I wonder if, like, the three of us, if we sat down and played like Clue, <laughs> we could probably have fun with it. Just, just, just being, being, just being the bunch yeah, of just, tools we right. are. Yeah. It would be. Yeah, we'd just make fun, like just joke around with each other. Right. You right. can make anything fun if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's what got me into it, anyways. I mean, and now that I'm more into it, I I definitely have preferences. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know if I would like Talisman because it's kind of that roll and move, and eh, never played it. Yeah, that's one. I you think have. you're the only one that's played it here. Right? <laughs> yeah, I haven't played it. I know what it is, but I've never yeah, played it. Well, and you know, most people get into the board gaming hobby through like Settlers of Catan mm-hmm. or Stone Age or something like that. I never had Stone Age. I had Settlers, and when I saw your collection, Ryan, um, and you told me you had never played Settlers, yeah. I was like, "Holy like, crap!" What? <laughs> That's like you what everyone knows. And you haven't played that. Yeah. That, that that's the yeah. one that like the people who don't play games know. Yeah. And you have like a hundred and twenty games. <laughs> and I've never played. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that we were baffling. kind of a, a weird group in that sense where we jumped into Castle Ravenloft, but one of the D and D adventures. Yeah, because we all like it. You're the, like the most into like the uh, comic books. We all like fantasy, sci-fi, yeah. that kind of thing. So we pick out themes that we'd like not we really didn't know a whole lot about the games right starting out or what we enjoy because we hadn't tried a lot of things so you kind of you start out in the hobby you figure you what your tastes are in games yeah you figure you, out you start off picking a theme and mm-hmm. then it kind of morphs from there you know so well i had it easy because you guys already had a ton <laughs> of games so i just well, we just tell you what's good <laughs> <or bad. laughs> you, yeah i mean you know we just got to play a lot and that kind of honed what i liked you know yeah. I, I picked pieces that i liked and that mm-hmm. built my collection and there's some hit or miss ones in there i'll admit but you know yeah. you, you gotta you gotta try them trial and error exactly always have that, so. well if that wraps up our weekly table talk then we can jump right into our first review of the week spirit island spirit island is designed by eric reese and published by greater than games in their fabled nexus line it was released in 2017 
The game plays 1-4 to four players in 90-120 to 120 minutes. Spirit Island is a cooperative game where the players play as spirits existing on an isolated island. Invaders beyond the sea are colonizing your island and killing natives. Your goal is to throw back the invaders before the island is blighted beyond recovery. This is meant as a very basic overview of the game, not a detailed rules explanation. You can lose the game in three ways. Too much blight on the island, where the island is blighted beyond repair. Any spirit is destroyed. A spirit has no presence left on the island. Or time runs out. They need to draw an invader card to explore, but the deck is empty. The invaders begin the game at a terror level 1. To win, you need to completely clear the island of invaders as, cre as you create more fear and reach higher terror levels. Through the play of power cards, the win conditions become easier. Such as only having to clear the island of towns and cities, and eventually an automatic terror victory if you create enough fear during the course of the game. Each player starts the game with a different spirit and one island board per player. Each round is played simultaneously and in order starting with the spirit phase. Each player will choose a growth for their spirit, which will give them new or upgraded powers and abilities. Everyone then gains energy, which is used to pay for power cards. The players then choose and pay for their cards. Fast spirit powers are played first, which is followed by the invader phase. This is where the invaders will possibly cause effects if the island is blighted. First, the invaders will suffer fear effects if the spirits have earned any. Then the invaders will ravage, build, and explore the island. Slow spirit powers are now played. Then the end of the round cleanup occurs, after which a new round is played, and this is repeated until the game is won or lost. The power cards are the main aspect of the game. Each card will have an energy cost and a reminder if it is played during the fast or slow power phase. After you pay for the card, it will give you one or more of eight different elements, which are used to activate special abilities on your spirit board. The card also states the power card's range, target, and game effect it has when played. Here is an example of a power card called Dark and Tangled Woods. Costs one en energy to play, is a fast power, meaning it activates before the invaders, whereas a slow power activates after the invaders. When paid for, it gives the spirit who played it a moon and plant element. It has range one, so the effect of the card must be used within one region of where your spirit has presence on the island. It can be used in any target land that the range restriction is followed. The effect of the card is two fear caused to the invaders. Also, during the invader ravage phase, if the target land you selected is a mountain or jungle region, it may defend three from the ravaging invaders trying to blight the land. Now let's get to our final thoughts. Well, what do you guys think of the component quality and the artwork in this game? Um, I think it's the component quality is good. It's not outstanding or anything, but it's fine. It serves its purpose. Yeah, I like the little Dahans. Yeah. Those are pretty cool. cool. Yep. Um, the artwork, I like quite a bit. It's uh, it's unique. I think there's like 14 artists that did the artwork for the game, but it still manages to keep the same oh, style, what? feel, like look to it, you know? Wow, I didn't realize that, but... yeah. Maybe in some of the cards, you, you know, but it's definitely all still got the same, like, yeah. cohesive nature. Yeah, it doesn't, well, yeah, it doesn't veer off too much. Um, yeah, each each spirit looks really cool, too. When you, oh, yeah. when you look at the player board itself, yeah, I mean, it just, 
I don't know. It helps bring out the theme of it. You know that that's who you're playing as. Yeah, right. It's kind of like I guess semi, kind of cartoony ish a little bit, but it yeah has a good charm to it. I think the artwork. Right. You know, it's kind of uh, I don't know if it's quite a darker theme because you're playing a spirit killing off people on this island mm-hmm. or pushing them back. Yeah. But it it does have like you said that kind of cartoony art, and it really yeah really helps it. I like that there's no, like, IP, no intellectual property that's used, and it's still really cool looking. Yeah. That's just credit to the artists. Yeah. I like the cards. I think there's a lot of cards in the game. I think everyone has its unique artwork on it. You know, they didn't do duplicates of each one. And they made them, like, oh, this is what the card does. And the picture on the card, you know, it makes it thematic where you feel like, this is what I'm doing type of thing. It draws you into the game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, the little invaders, I feel like I might, like, break them when I pick them yeah. up, but that might just be my sausage fingers. No, they, those <laughs> are the chintzy part yeah. of yeah. the components. Yeah, yeah, but that's it, it's, yeah. I definitely don't think it takes away from the game at all. No. No, they, they serve their purpose. Right. Nothing. You're supposed to kill them. Yep. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> they break them, who cares? Right. right. Just get them off the board. Yep. <laughs> I like, yeah. That that's a definite plus is just the artwork in general. Like even the player, the uh, the game board, it just mm. it looks awesome. Well, we never play on the flip side because the borders are so hard. It's it's but hard to tell. Like oh, is that a is that a mountain? Is that a jungle? Yeah, it's hard to tell the land types apart. Yeah, it still looks really. Yeah, cool. it looks really cool. But it's but like just, I don't know if this is is it functional because. You know, when you look at it, it doesn't. It looks awesome, the the flip side, right? Yeah. But it's hard to tell when you start putting a lot of pieces on it. It's going to be real hard to tell. I think we're yeah. so used to playing the regular side where it's so obvious what's what. Right. If we played on the other side a couple times or once, yeah, you that, get, that, you get that used could to be it, too. You know? But again, I. I I like that they even give you the option because I think that not having an alternate thing on the back of a board is kind of just a waste of real estate sometimes. Yeah. So it's cool that they have that. Yeah. Well, how strong do you think the theme is in this game? For me, the art really brings the theme in a lot. Um, I think it's a unique theme in the fact that you're playing like the spirits. You're not playing the invaders. You're not playing the natives. You're actually playing the spirits on that island trying to fend off the invaders from colonizing it, which I think is a really cool theme, but I feel when I'm playing the game, I feel like I'm the spirit helping the locals, the Dahan. I'm blowing back the invaders. We're killing them. We're, yeah, definitely. Yeah, throughout the game, you're kind of upgrading yourself where you, know, you start with your basic spirit powers, but then as the game progresses, you're getting better cards in your deck to kind of help you do what you need to do, you know, so that, that kind of helps bring that out too. So that's kind of right. And like, if I'm the fear guy and I come across a, you know, major power that like generates another six fear when I get to play it, that, that just feels really cool. I really like the fear guy. And, uh, when I played the oceans, hungry grass Mm -hmm. last time, it felt like the ocean. I was being the tides, yeah. washing them in and out, exactly. in and out, and I'm drowning them and yep. using that, and that's just really cool. I, I like the high complexities, even though they're complex. Yeah. <laughs> I think that when I was the fire guy, I can't remember his name, but I was causing a lot of fear. You know, that makes sense. It just 
the spirits and the art make it thematic or thematic for me. It brings me into the game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, art has a lot to do with that. Again, credit to the artists. What do you think of the gameplay in general? I'm always a sucker for deck builders. Right. So, for me, I always enjoy that of, you know, you start with your basic, build it up, get better and better. Um, so that's always cool. And then it also mixes in the, you know, top part of the board. What, what is that even? The um, growth. Oh, the growth, growth phase. Yeah, yeah. So the growth phase. So you can, you're slowly putting out your influence on the board and it's uncovering more of your growth. So at the start of the turn you can do bigger and better things. You know, maybe you draw more cards, you play more cards, or whatever, whatever the case is. So that's always... Yeah, I mean, it feels a lot more like a hand builder, but I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's and when, like a deck builder. It's a different way of building right, like right. hand right. management. You're building your hand up or your deck up. Yeah, I, I, I like the, you know, taking a major power versus a minor power. You have to cull your hand a little bit, yeah. which might let you get rid of something you really didn't even want. Like you took a minor power or one of your base minor powers is not really useful anymore. You take a major, you get a cool reward, and you get to get rid of something you didn't really need, yeah. which is always good. I like the uh, I like the fast and slow powers a lot on the cards. It's, it's kind of hard to get used to. It, yeah, I would agree with that. Once you do, you're like, you're playing a card like, oh crap, this is slow, it's not fast, I gotta, oh man, I gotta rethink my what cards I want to play or my whole turn, or the invaders are gonna build here and ravage there next, so I gotta, do I prepare for that, or do I take out invaders now, take care of the now, or prepare for the next round or two? Right, it's the balance between being like proactive and reactive. Yep. It, it's you can almost say it's almost like a love and hate like oh i i really want to kill these guys but it's a slow power so they're gonna move in and build before i can kill them yeah so it's like ah you know you're trying to figure out what you can do to stop that and then once you when you actually figure it out it's it's more rewarding yeah, yeah. because it's like yeah you know i figured it out i got it going and for for me with not knowing you know necessarily the game layout as much i'm always like when are my slow powers coming when is this going to activate oh they go crap yeah <laughs> yep, exactly and it's just that balance that is really cool yeah another thing i really like is the uh asymmetrical spirits each one plays vastly different you got your spirits that are easy to play they might cause fear they might defend well you know they do different yeah. things you got your medium ones but then you got the high complexity you get a lot more going on you got maybe have some more growth options you might have some more powers to think about i like that they give you the option of how much you want to think about during the game and that they've all they just played vastly different and throughout the game you're becoming even more different depending on your growth and the cards that you get compared to everyone else. Right, and that that really really helps the replay replayability because you yes, can definitely. you can either you know what spirit you're going to use, but then not only that, but then also what kind of cards and what strategy are you going to go for. So that mm -hmm. that that helps a lot. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna try to win with fear. You're gonna try to win with uh, taking out invaders. You know, or toe the line between both of them. How you want to try to win yeah. the game. That develops too as you're playing, but right, and you can play off of each other in that yep. regard. You know, yeah. you got one guy who's just 
pumping fear and the other guy is killing guys left and right and you know they work together really well yeah, you really have to plan together yeah picking what yeah. cards to play you got to talk to each other a lot like hey i'm gonna i can defend here how you doing over there i need help here you know can anyone help me out and it's cool and it's cool too with the different cards that you can play like oh i can give this any spirit you know uh three elements of their choice and then i get one yeah. you know that that kind of yeah, those cooperative powers those yeah. are that's really cool i like that how they did that in the game i don't see a lot of games do that where you got your card power but then you're also activating these abilities depending on what elements you play on your card to give you those innate powers which are really strong powers too right they're even better than the cards a lot of times mm -hmm. which i thought was really cool definitely Gives you a lot to think about. Yeah. And it feels pretty bad when you lose. <laughs> when you just see the invaders just stacking up. It happens, yeah. happens a lot to us. <laughs> yeah, we've won. We've won. We, we have. We've won and we've lost. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, a couple negatives I would have. One would be uh, it can definitely be prone to uh, AP or analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. You're thinking so much, you, you're just taking a long time, you can't, oh, I want to do that, but I need to defend that, I can't do that, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of that, like, back and forth on the board, yeah. like, oh, what do I do? Sometimes it could feel uh, too heavy, like, you're just not in the mood for it, it's, you know. Yeah, that's fair, that's yeah, fair. It's not, a, it's not a game you bring out to play with everyone, exactly. you, you gotta be in the right Mindset. Mindset, the right mood. I'm not taking it to family Christmas. No. <laughs> you know. no. Hey, guys, we're going to play Spirit Island. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of my negatives. That it, you know, it can be too heavy at times, mm -hmm. which a lot of people are going to really like that. But there's a lot of people that aren't going to like that complexity. Yeah. You know, especially maybe a co-op game. Maybe you know, it may be a little simpler. Maybe not as deep. Mm -hmm. Um you know, so you gotta you gotta kind of know that going in. This is definitely one of the heavier co-op games yeah. there is. You know, you're a lot more to it than most of them. Yeah, it's definitely the whole like, um, you know, play a couple of other co-op games that are smaller. Yeah. Get into the you know working together versus being competitive, and then you go into more complex ones like yeah. this. And I think you'll find it rewarding if you're into that. Oh yeah, definitely. So, one of the negatives that I I noticed the last game that we played, mm -hmm. um, you could almost say it was Spirit Envy. <laughs> I know okay. it sounds silly, but hear me out. So, you, Ryan, you had the easier complexity power. Mm -hmm. And Aaron and I had the really complex power. So, we had more special abilities on our player sheet. And there were a few times where you even mentioned, oh, man, I wish I would have went with a more complex power. So not that it's a bad thing, but it could be if you're in a long game of Spirit Island and you're watching your friends do more complex stuff, a little more of this and that, and you're kind of like, well, I'm just I'm just playing the defense guy. I'm going to defend that for five yeah. when I watch you pump out eight fear and your other buddy is going to wipe out half the map. <laughs> Yeah, it all has to Drown be, you know, six guys. what your play style is. Right. You, know. you got to look at that. Yeah. But it could be a negative, mm -hmm. you know? 
Yeah, if you get one that you don't necessarily like the play style, that spirit. Right. You know. Right. If you're yeah. more of an aggressive player, mm-hmm. don't go defense. Right. Because you might find it boring. You might. Yeah. You're you still wish... doing a job to do, but yeah. it's not as exciting for you. Right. It's not as fulfilling. You're looking at this guy. He's blowing these guys into the ocean or just doing this and that. And you're just, well, I defended this and that region. <laughs> right. And you're going to be sitting there for two and two, two and a half hours. Yeah. Thinking that. Boy, I wanted that. I should have went with a higher complexity. Right. <laughs> so, just I, know that going in. Yeah, I feel like that's more of a problem for people who've maybe played a couple of times. I think, you know, your first game, probably going to want to pick one of some of the ones. easier right. ones because yeah. you don't want to have these high complexities. You're going to just melt your brain. Yeah, yeah. Go, on, go in the kiddie pool. Don't dive in the deep end. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think the last, like the con... I have is uh, it feels like sometimes a few turns before the end of the game you know whether you're going to win or lose like you know you might not have won yet but you know you're going to end up winning in a couple turns or you know you're going to lose in a couple turns there's really nothing you can do that'd be the one thing you got to play it out and finish it yeah because you, you never know but you're pretty sure you know what's going to happen yeah there's definitely been games that we've played that it. Two rounds before the end, you're like, well, they're going to invade there, and that's going to yeah. blight 12 times. Yeah. <laughs> well, there goes that. And I think it goes both ways, too, because there's times where it's like, yeah, we're going to create enough fear where we're going to win next turn or this or that, and you just you know, you kind of spend 15 minutes just playing out the rest of the game till you win. Right. But That build-up to get there, though, is cool. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a minor, but yeah. it's a little bit of a negative for me sometimes. Sure. But, yeah. It's definitely, definitely worth it, though. What, what, what kind of rating would you give this? Um, I, For me personally, I, I rate it pretty high. I don't know if it's my favorite cooperative game or not. Um, I'd have to really look at it. Um, but for me, I, I like it a lot. And I would, I would recommend it for anybody that is looking for the more complex co-op game. You know, if you... If you're not into complex co-ops, maybe not. Not yet. You know, build up to it like you had said earlier, Aaron. But um, I, w- I would highly recommend this game. Probably play like Pandemic Legacy <laughs> or something like that. You know, get into Pandemic. Play like a Pandemic Legacy where you're doing a little bit more and just keep building up. Yeah, I would... Uh... I'm not, like, the biggest... I think you guys like co-ops a lot more than I do. Yeah. I still enjoy them. I have fun. And it's usually, like, the first few times I play them, I have a lot more fun, and then it starts kind of declining a lot. Sure. Because for me, it feels like the moves... Not all the time, you know, but it feels like the choices are more obvious. Like, oh, we need to do that. We have to do that. With this, I like the complex um, co-ops more because it feels like there's a lot more to think about Mm -hmm. the plan rather than, oh, this is the obvious choice we need to make. So I definitely enjoy this one. It's probably one of my favorite co-ops. I don't know if I like this or Robinson Crusoe better, but those are probably my two favorite co-ops right now, and those are both heavier ones that are out there. Definitely. So I like this this one quite a bit. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, It's hard to know what exactly you need to do because there's so much you can do yeah. and that's what kind of separates it from a lot of co-ops for me yeah it's so really I, unique right you know how it 
too. You know. It plays really good solo. I played it a few times solo, mm-hmm. too, before we play, played with anyone, just to kind of get the rules down and whatnot. It, it was actually it was a lot of fun, because you, uh, you have one spirit board. If you play with one spirit, you can play with as many spirits as you want to. I mean, obviously, you're just going to be thinking a lot more. But there's that option where someone can do that, which and it actually played really well. It was a fun solo game. Did you play it with just the one? Yeah, I never did more than one. I did. That <laughs> was enough for me. I don't think I could handle it. <laughs> like, now I feel comfortable enough where I could do it with, like, two or three. Like, I could try it, but it was like, oh, one's good. One's good. <laughs> but the option's there if someone wants to. Right. What What would you give it out of one to ten? Uh, I, I think I rated it, like, an eight and a half. Okay. For me. Yeah, I would uh, probably say the same. I'd give it an 8.5. Wow. We're just gonna be those guys, huh? Well, I just <laughs> the same or it's right up there. <laughs> oh, change it, would you? I'll change it to eight point five one. Just for you. <laughs> All right. That wraps up our review of Spirit Island. Now on to our review of Sagrada. Sagrada is designed by Daryl Andrews and Adrian Ademscu and published by Floodgate Games. It was released in 2017. The game plays 1-4 to four players in 30-45 to 45 minutes. Sagrada is a competitive game where players are artists creating a stained glass window in the Sagrada Familia. The game will end at the end of 10 rounds and the artisan with the highest points is the winner. This is meant as a very basic overview of the game and not a detailed rules explanation. Players will begin the game with a private objective that only they will score at the end of the game. Each player will select a window pattern to put in their player board. You will receive a number of favor tokens depending on the difficulty of the window pattern you selected. Each game will have three public objective cards that are scored by everyone at at game end. There will also be three tool cards which can be used to activate special abilities by spending favor tokens during the game. Each round, depending on the player count, a certain number of dice are pulled from a bag and rolled. The starting player will draft a die and place a selected die on his player board. There are certain restrictions on where dice can be placed. The first die of the game must be placed on an edge or corner space. Every other die must be adjacent to a previously placed die touching orthogonally or diagonally. The die must match the color or value restriction if a space shows one. Lastly, the die may not be placed orthogonally adjacent to a die of the same color or value. On their turn, a player may also spend favor tokens to use a tool card or pass their actions as well as choosing not to draft a die during their turn. Turn then proceeds clockwise until the last player takes a turn. Once the last player has completed their turn, play continues in reverse turn order, beginning with the last player. Once the start player has taken their second turn, all remaining dice are removed and the dice bag is passed clockwise and the round ends. At the end of the tenth round, The game ends. Players score points for the three public objective cards, their private objective card, each unspent favor token is worth one victory point, and players lose one point for each open space on their player board. The player with the most victory points is the winner. Now let's go to our final thoughts. Well, for the component quality and the artwork in this game, I I, two thumbs up. Uh, The art looks really nice. The player boards look really nice. The dice are look awesome i mean you know you're going for that stained glass feel and they got the translucent dice um all really nice colors they're 
chunky enough. They're little, but that's kind of what you need in a game with 90 dice. Uh, the favor tokens are the little glass uh, pieces. They, they just feel nice. Um, there's not really much I would change. It's just as a great table presence, in my opinion. Yeah, it, when when you're walking by and you see it on the table, it's like, wow, you know, it really draws your eye in. You know, the box cover art is beautiful. You know, we get you post that picture on Instagram that you took. Yeah, and it it looks awesome on there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Ryan, what do you think? I think you guys covered most of it. I think the uh, component quality and the artwork is amazing in this game. Uh, someone walks by that table, you're going to stop, look, and say, well, what's this? This looks awesome. What are you guys playing? You know, and you're going to check it out. Looks great with all the stained glass, you know, the colors and all that stuff. So yeah. the only complaint I have is every once in a great while, the dice seem to get bumped or moved easily. If you're not, you just got to be careful. But yeah. it's, it's a minor... But overall, incredible artwork and component quality. Yeah, that that's fair, though, with the dice being moved around, because I've had times where, you know, I'm playing and put it, trying to put it in between four other dice, yeah. and it's like, Ooh. Yeah, you're like, uh, I'm trying to just get a <laughs> tweezers where, and yeah. put it in there, drop it in. Is tweezers one of the tools? Because yeah. <laughs> that'd be cool. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, as far as the theme goes, um you're making a stained glass window. It's pretty straightforward. I mean, you know, you got your little board, and it's got the nice, like, cathedral-type player board, yeah. and you're filling in the gaps for the window. Um, I'm not immersed in it. I, I guess I personally never felt like, man, I want to go out and make some stained glass windows. Yeah, And it, it doesn't draw me in that way. Yeah, it didn't give me the feel of, yes, I'm making a stained glass window. It... It looks awesome, and it, it does, the player boards help that, but, you know, take it or leave it, I guess. It's not... Yeah, in the end, I'm drafting dice and yeah. playing it to the best, like a puzzle-y kind of way, right? Yeah, I, uh, I like the idea and the theme of the game. I think it's completely themeless. You're not at all... It doesn't feel like you're making stained glass at all. You're just putting the dice on the board or whatever, but... That is what it is, you know. It's they did what they could to try to, you know what I mean, with the window pane and right. all that stuff. Yeah, it's definitely the, like a cool abstract that's kind of puzzly. You know, a cool looking abstract that's puzzly mm -hmm. and makes me think, anyways. Uh, Tim, what would you think about just the gameplay in general? Okay, so bear with me here. I got kind of an an analogy for you. So <laughs> when I play Sagrada. It almost feels to me like I go to a restaurant, right? So when I first get to the restaurant, it looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. The decor is amazing. I sit down. <laughs> I I order I order my my meal, and I order my uh, appetizer. Mm -hmm. I get my appetizer right away, and it's perfect. It's exactly what I want. It's the first thing I draft, right? And now I sit and wait, and I wait. And I wait. And I keep seeing different food come out from the hot plate that I want, right? Okay. That looks perfect. That's awesome. That's what I want. That's what I need. But no, Ryan got it first. And now it comes another plate comes to our table and you get it. And I have to wait. And finally it comes back to me and the waitress comes back and says, hey, um, I'm sorry, but what you ordered or what you need, we don't have. <laughs> okay. 
you can have it, but you get two options. You get one option, but you're allergic to it. <laughs> the second option, you might not like. It might get you sick later. So I have to ask, okay, well, can I send, can I send it back to the kitchen to get fixed? And typically the response is, well, maybe. <laughs> we only brought three tools to the restaurant with us. So one tool won't help you at all. The other tool that you can use, somebody used it tonight already. So you got to pay double for your meal now. <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, for me, it, you know, all that aside, it's kind of, I'm not a big fan of it. Okay. I, I did not like the snake draft when, you know, you're the first player to pick your dice. I get exactly what I want. And then I sit and wait. And there's nothing I can prepare for. I can hope to get certain dice. But when it comes back, when it snakes back to me, I'm left with two options. And it's almost like ah, there's just that time I'm waiting, there's nothing I can do. So I, I found that part a little boring to me. The downtime. The downtime was the too much. Draft. Yeah. Um, the puzzle aspect of it was okay. Um, I'm not sure what else to say on that, I guess. Okay. Um, I also felt it was too random for that puzzle. Early on, you can place a lot of dice in there quickly. You can do that well. But at the very end of the game, for me, and maybe it was just poor planning on my part, but towards the end, it was always kind of a crapshoot. Okay, I need a... A six. Well, the six wasn't rolled. And now the tools aren't going to help me, so do I take that six and hopefully it doesn't hurt me later where I can't finish my window? Or do I take this red die that, you know... So it was kind of... It was too random for me for that aspect. Okay. See, I, I really like the snake draft, but maybe it's just because I played so many times just two people... Um, and it didn't feel like it took forever. Uh, I, I could see the snake draft being better with a low player count. Sure. With two or three. With two or three. Yeah, um, waiting around as much. Yeah. yeah. Like just last night we didn't play the snake draft. We had five people. Oh, sure. Um, we played with the expansion, which gets rid of that, which that helped a lot. Okay. But still to me, it was just too random trying to place the dice into my my window. Okay. Ryan? Um, I think the game hits its tar target audience really well. You know, I think it did a bang-up job on that. I think that's perfect. It's a good intro game to the hobby. It looks great. That's going to draw people into the hobby, and it's a good beginner game, mm -hmm. I feel. Um, I enjoyed my first player, too. After that, though, I just felt like it was repetitive, and I'd kind of seen all the game had to offer. Like, it just felt that way. Mm -hmm. um, I really disliked the uh, personal objectives. It felt, oh, he's going for green, he's going for red, I'm going for blue. It was, like, obvious, and I think you score half your points or more from those most of the time. So it's like if you're playing with three or more people, 
do I draw this red six and hurt Tim, who's doing really well, but it also hurts me too because it doesn't get me to score my green dice that I need. And then Aaron's benefiting from both of us. I just don't like the personal <laughs> objectives. I think in the, the expansion helped with that. It added, like, you score certain parts of your window pattern or mm-hmm. your window pane instead of just, just the die color values. Um, I think the expansion helped the snake draft a lot. Yeah. I I would play it again. If someone wants to play it, I'd play it. I wouldn't want to play it very often. And for me, it just doesn't have that like light filler quality that I like, where it feels like it feels new and it's got tough decisions each time. Where like I feel like Queen Domino has that, or Splendor, Seven Wonders Duel. Those games keep me coming back. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. the next time I play, it it just I feel like I haven't like played out the game yet. It, type of thing. To that point, it it does it. It has a weird spot. Like, I, I feel looking at it like, okay, it should be a filler-type game. Mm-hmm. But it's really not. So when do I want to play it? Because our last game day, it was picked at the end of the night. The last game picked. And that was, was it picked too late? Maybe. You know, maybe it's just not my thing. You know, just kind of, it's not that filler that I want it to be. It's more than that. Maybe I'm just new to snake drafts. Um, and like I said, I played with lower player counts. I definitely think aspects of the expansion are essential, like you said, with the um, uh, private objectives. And maybe with four, it does go a bit too long. But when you add the new private objectives and you play like, you know, two people, three people, I don't think that the snake draft is a bad thing for me versus the dice pool mm-hmm. you know that's eh, that's about what i got for it <laughs> um how else do you feel about the game though how else do i feel i like it i like it a lot um i probably wouldn't pick it for game days because i know other people don't really enjoy it as much uh and i'm happy with it being a game that i would play and i know you said you would play it again um even with the expansion, but I, I know I'll enjoy it with like my fiance. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely enjoy it then. Yeah. It's a great game to bring out with people newer to the hobby. Right. Like you play with your family. They're, they're not gamers or something. It's a real good game to bring out to them. But I mean, gamers like it too. We're in the minority here where me and Tim don't like it. Most people like this game a lot. Sure. And yeah. I understand that. I, I can, I can see the difference between a game that, that I don't like, that it's not my type of game, but I can see that it's a good game. You know, the component quality, the art, you know, you do have to make some interesting decisions throughout the game, what you draft and this and that. So I, I, I can see how and why people really do enjoy this game. Ryan, what would you uh, I would give probably give it, I'd give it a six. I think uh, it might be a five and a half, six, Without the expansion, and then with the expansion, I'd raise it up like six, six and a half. It makes it, I like it a little bit more with the expansion, where it gets rid of the snake draft if you're playing with more than two or three people, and adding in those different personal objectives so they're not just, not as the same or whatever. Sure. What about you, Tim? 
I actually put it as a, uh, like a five. Now, that's like right on the borderline. I don't hate it, but I don't necessarily like it. You know, it's kind of in that zone again. So mm-hmm. it's it's okay. Okay. With the expansion. With the, fair. Yeah. <laughs> With I, the I, expansion. And we're definitely Tim. You and me are definitely the minority. Where. Oh yeah, yeah. I can tell that. Yeah. And I. And like you said, too, I can understand people really enjoying this game. You know, this yeah. is not for us. Right. Yeah, I'd give it probably like a seven and a half about. Um, it's definitely something that when I when I play, I enjoy playing it. And if someone, I was out at a game shop or whatever, and someone's like, hey, you want to play? Yeah, I, I got an hour to spare. Let's, let's play a game of Sagrada. Definitely. <clears throat> cool. That wraps up our review of Sagrada. It is now time for our top 10 games of all time. Ryan, why don't you start? Uh, my number 10 is a game I got recently, and I've only played it two-player, and I've heard it plays much better with three and four. Um, no that idea. That is Brass Lancashire. Never played the original. Looked really boring. It was always highly rated. You know, I kind of had interest in it. I like heavier games and whatnot, heavier Euro games. So typically my more of my favorite games and I uh, picked it up at the last convention we are at and I played it with my wife a couple times I played it with my brother once and I really really enjoy it it's uh, you get this hand of cards and then you play a card to take an action you're kind of building this uh, network building hand management and then it can also have a lot of interaction, and I definitely can see that when you play with three or four players, their interaction will be higher, and it's going to be a lot better game. But even at two-player, which I've read and heard generally isn't the way to play that game, it's a lot of fun. It's really interesting. I've, I've never played it. Right, me either. It definitely is a game that got a lot of buzz when it was first came out you know it was on the hotness for a while and yeah when roxley republished it you know, they yeah kickstarter for it they made it look awesome with the artwork and everything and i was really interested in it and i was glad to hear you picked it up and i'm just still waiting to play <laughs> yep. just, yeah. just waiting <laughs> yep. yeah because i sauced over that for a while just looking it up like oh maybe that'll be the next game i get ryan goes Hey, guess what I got? Yeah, we both, yeah, we both had talked about it. I'm like, yeah, that looks really cool, and that looks like a good game. And they have the Birmingham, too. I'm not really sure how that differs a whole lot, but right, the, you know, they both looked really cool, and I just picked up Lancashire. So that's my number 10, Brass Lancashire. Uh, Tim, what's your number 10? Uh, so my number 10, I've had it for a little while now, um, Cosmic Encounter. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just like it a lot. Um, a lot of replayability in it. There's different alien powers that you can use, and you're kind of going around. It can be kind of hit and miss for people. You know, if they have a bad alien power, maybe they can't team up with somebody, depending on the group again, like we talked about earlier in the episode. But to me, it always seems like we're always laughing, having a great time, and just kind of enjoying ourselves. So that's my number 10. Yeah, Cosmic Encounter is really cool. I, that's. 
that's one of those iconic things. It's like one of the first games I won at game day. And I, I, I was <laughs> one like, of the rare wins. <laughs> and, and it was a situation where, like, I brought on, like, four ally, three allies or whatever. I'm like, we're going to win this all together. And then I play a card, and it's just me. Oh, <laughs> yep, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Screwed yeah. us over, yep. Yeah. That's always fun, though, when you get those. It's always tense because, yeah. you know, hey, you want to you wanna ally up? You want to you dual win, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, bam, you get hit <laughs> with a betray, and they, you know, they win the game by themselves. So. And then someone zaps it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. For me, Cosmic, uh, it was one of those games, the first time we played, I didn't like it at all. I was just like, oh, man, it just kept getting picked. He kept picking it, and I'm like, yeah, this, I don't like this game. And it slowly, because it was so random, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect the first couple times. And then I got used to it. I knew what to expect. And it's one of those, it's probably the game that has risen the most. It's gone from, like, thinking I don't really like it or it's a bad game to this is a lot of fun. It's not my favorite game, but I enjoy it a lot when I play it now. It's a mm-hmm. fun game. It's good. Definitely. So, Aaron. Well, my number 10 is uh, a drafting game in which you are building a civilization. You can go for science, culture, military, Seven Wonders. Probably heard of it. I just have a lot of fun every time we play it, and I, I really enjoy drafting games, and I think this do, game does it really well. We've played with a lot of the expansions of cities, cities le- and leaders, leaders with, yeah. and I really like the leaders, but I think when we get into the cities, like it's, I almost like the simplicity of you know, just even the base game, or when you introduce leaders, mm-hmm. that was really cool, but I, I feel a little bogged down when I'm getting into more expansions. There's too many of them. Yeah, but I think even just the base game is a lot of fun yeah. every time we play it, and it's, oh, he's going for science, I gotta dr- hate draft him, because he can't have this yep. one. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of that. That in tension it. of, do I grab this card for myself, or not let this guy get this next science symbol that he needs to get a lot of points type of thing. Right, and I like the play off of the person to the left or right. Like, you can buy their things if you really need them. Yep. Um, and I think, is that one of the things that leaders introduces is, um, like, you don't have to pay the people, or you pay one less to the yeah, people they might have. There's, there might be certain leaders that give you different benefits and abilities and stuff like that. But yeah, I definitely agree. Seven Wonders, it's a lot of fun. And for me, it's... It's not as much as cosmic, but because I liked it from the get go, and I I like it more the more I play it type of thing. But yeah, it's definitely a good it's a good game. Yeah, I'm, the first few times we played it was like eh, it's okay, but kind of like you for cosmic, it was like it kept getting picked, kept getting picked, and the more we play it, and the more expansions we put into it, the more variety it gets. It, it just keeps getting better and better, and I. I do like it. Well. I think starting out, there's a lot of icons, and you gotta get yeah. used. You gotta play it enough where you get used to those icons, and then it just the game flows so much easier and faster than mm-hmm. once you know the game. Even if you, your entire group sucks at drafting. Yeah, we're <laughs> awful. At that. Like, oh, why do I have five cards in my hand and yeah. you have three? Well, I'll figure out where we screwed up. Yeah, regardless, yeah. It, it's 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 just a lot of fun. That's uh, my number ten, Seven Wonders. My number nine is. Uh, a game by CGE, and I uh, actually picked it up at Origins this year. I've always wanted to play it for a long time. Love the artwork. Looked really cool. Theme drew me in, and that would be uh, Alchemist. Um, it's, it feels really unique. Uh, it's got a, The app integrates really well. You're scanning uh, the ingredients on an app, or you're plugging them in on the app, and uh, it'll tell you which potion you're making. Because each game, there's a different algorithm, 
So uh, these two ingredients might make something different from game to game. So you're trying to figure out what these ingredients make, what potions, all that stuff. Uh, it's a worker placement game, it's a heavier game, but I really enjoy it and I enjoy it more each time I play it. It's, it's good. I like it quite a bit. My only negative, if I'm going to say one, would be if you screw up early in the game trying to figure out what potions go to which or what makes what, if you screw that up and you spend all that time thinking... Like, are you saying if that, you have a clerical error, like you yourself yeah, like you, put in the wrong... To like you what, actually do oh, it this yourself. this make that, and you screwed up, it actually yeah. makes something different. and you yeah. put the other token up there... And yeah. then uh, you get to the end of the game, and you're, it's just devastating because oh, I just mm -hmm. I played this heavy game, and I screwed something up early. And it's one just, of those I'm definitely double, triple, oh yeah, quadruple. You got to make like, sure. Okay, this makes, and I I actually have a little note card I write on. So like, oh, toad and mushroom make a green plus potion. I like triple check to make sure yeah. I put it in the right spot. You know, it's definitely one of those. If if you screw that up, it ruins a game for you because yeah. Your entire deduction Every, everything, <laughs> Yeah, your whole deduction on it it's, is wrong. It's, it's probably a good down. idea to write it all down, too, because if your screen gets bumped and all those chits come pouring out of yeah. there, that would be bad. I think uh, I think the artwork is really Yeah, that's cool. cool yeah, most game. definitely. I like the whole testing uh, potion on a student. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can test it on a student, drink it yourself. Yeah, bad things happen, good yeah. things happen, and it's, and it's yeah. good. I, 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 with Tim, I'm... Yeah. When I screwed up one time, I had literally everything wrong. I did. <laughs> and I'm, I'm hedging these bets on the, uh, what do you call it, when you're hedging the bets on... Oh, publishing theories and whatnot. That yeah, yep. yeah, and I'm doing this and i'm confident in my wrong deduction yeah. like no this is what it is and i'm swaying other people like <laughs> oh <laughs> and that i mean that was a that was fun for me but i do like it uh i've played it a few times now and it's it's a good deduction game it's just hard to get used to how the deduction process yeah, works that's probably the biggest hurdle and getting somebody to learn the game you have to get them to understand how it's possible to make these potions and what to look for and oh because that toad and mushroom make this therefore mandrake and feather can't make this or make you know it's getting somebody to understand how the deduction works in the game is the hardest part mm -hmm. definitely some of the artifacts are pretty cool too yeah. how they change the game yep. uh so my number nine it's actually one of the first games that i got uh, it would be Marvel's Legendary. I do like the Legendary Encounters, but not as much as the Marvel version. Now, I, I'm i big on the superhero aspect of it. I like that. I love the artwork for it. Um, you know, I really enjoy You start with little scrubby guys, and you build yourself up. You're getting new heroes in your hand and all that stuff, and you're fighting the bosses, all that jazz. So I really enjoy that. Um, you know, I, my wife and I play it quite a bit. I played it quite a bit solo. There's just a ton of expansions. Oh yeah, there's it's probably I, twenty expansions. I, I, I love I love the game, and I can't even keep up with so many expansions. <laughs> I mean, it's just there's so much. It's outrageous. Can you imagine um, trying to sleeve that? Oh man, <laughs> you'd need like four boxes. It's but it's I love it so. 
I, I sleeved Legendary Predator. Yeah. I, <laughs> and I, it was like, it's like 780 cards. Yeah, I, I literally did buy a box of Fantasy, Fantasy Flight sleeves, mm-hmm. plus some to sleeve it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I did sleeve my copy. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, it's putting work into it. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> it's definitely, it's a game that I think you and I played it just two player, Tim. The first time I played it, we were waiting for other guys to show up for game day, and I really liked it. And I'm not really huge into superhero themes like uh, the Hulk. Cool, you know. I don't even know if that's in Marvel, <laughs> uh, but that's why I really like like the Encounters, Legendary mm-hmm. Encounters, Predator. Like those movies were great. They're just like pithy nonsense that right. is just wonderful. And so I went out and bought the game, and I knew that you would enjoy playing it too. So mm-hmm. it's a good game. Yeah, I uh, I don't hate it. I'm not real big on it. I'm not the biggest deck builder. I know you guys like deck builders both quite a bit. Definitely. And co- it's deck building and co-op, which I'm lukewarm on. I right. enjoy them. But, but yeah, it's a solid game. It's I'm not into the Marvel theme either, so that... It's fine with me. I, I'll take it or leave it, but I'm not. It doesn't like draw me in anything, yeah. you know. But yeah, it's a solid game. I think it's an interesting deck builder. You know, it's a little different than a lot of the ones that I've played. Just like maybe with like the fighting the dudes, how they scroll across. Yeah, the they kind of scroll across. Yeah, thing. I, I like that. It was cool. Well, my number nine is tile drafting game. I just picked up this here. Warsaw City of Ruins, which is a reprint of Capital uh, by uh, Grana. Grana North, and uh, North Star Games. North Star yep. Games. Yep. Um, it's just, um, you know, you're in Warsaw, Poland. You're building up your city. You place different tiles next to each other in this city to score points in a bunch of different ways. Uh, and then World War One happens, and you got to destroy one of your buildings, and it's you know detrimental. It's like you're almost sometimes draft just a, a really crappy tile to save some of your better just, ones. Just to be able to destroy, yeah. You draft a tile that knowingly you're going to destroy in a round or two. Exactly, and um, the coins always feel really tight. So yeah. there's something you always want to buy but you can't. And I like the building over other buildings you can place a tile on top of another one if you like made a mistake somewhere and you want to correct it or you have a better opportunity with something else it's it's just a really cool uh simple enough drafting game some of the iconography and like how you score is a little complicated at first yeah until you score once right after that it makes sense and it's easy but yeah the first time you're kind of like what how is that okay yeah yeah that's that's yeah yeah, I like Warsaw. That's a really good game. I think it's uh, one of those underrated gems. Yeah. You know, that not a lot of, you don't see it get played, talked about, but it's a solid game. And I think, uh, I hope they make it, I don't know if they will, if it's sold well enough, but I hope they make an expansion for it because I think it's could really easily expandable and could really make the game even better. Oh, yeah, definitely. If you just add a couple of different new tiles yeah, in, new tile, in, whatever you want, new goal, it's just all that different stuff. I yeah. like uh, it's cool how you can overbuild, like you can build on top of another building, you mm-hmm. get the discount, and then you also have to destroy some buildings possibly. I, I like those two additions to a drafting game that you don't ever really see. You know, you got the drafting, I like drafting, and then you got the tile placement, which is unique as well how they do that. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you guys keep playing without me. So <laughs> I, I haven't played it yet. So. Yeah, we uh, we we actually demoed it at Origins this year. Yeah, you weren't there. Yeah, Tim couldn't make it to that one. Yeah, so then uh, we played it. And then we actually set it up another time. Yep. You were there getting ready to play it. <laughs> I had cards in my hand, yeah, we just were ready like to roll. And going over the rules again to get it down, and then we ended up not playing it. Yeah, because our, <laughs> our fifth player <laughs> showed up. Showed yep. up. Yep. <laughs> so we, we packed it up. So I, I got to see it get set up. So you, you hear us keep talking about yeah, it and yeah, how much yeah. we enjoy it, and then you just you never get to play it. And we, <laughs> and we joked at Origins how we all liked it enough for Tim to buy. Yeah, yeah. yeah we liked it enough that we think he should get it. You didn't trick me into buying it, though. I'm still waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to. You got it. So. Well, for his money. Yeah, yeah exactly. maybe that's the only way I can play it is if I buy it myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, that's my number nine, Warsaw. My number eight is a game by uh, Plant Hat Games. It's a two-player game. You can technically play it with four, but it should be played at two. Uh, you actually mentioned it earlier when we did uh, a tournament. Oh. Uh, that, mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, Summoner Wars. Really? Yep. Um, you thought it would be uh, well, higher? Or? No, I thought it would be lower, just because we haven't played it in so long. I know it's uh, well. We played it so much. We did. We like set up basically. We set up this league tournament type thing <laughs> within our own game group. Yeah, within our own group. So we, we played it so much there within a few months that I mean I got burnt out on a little bit there, but I just I love the game. It's awesome. Uh, it's like it's been said before. You're basically it's like a miniature game, but you're just playing it on this board and it's cards, and each unit has its own special ability. You're trying to take out the other person's summoner or their leader, and you just you're playing off each other. We've had some crazy games where you think someone's going to win, they pull off some weird stunt, and they end up winning. But yeah, there's so many different uh, units, there's so many different factions. Mm-hmm. Or ne- the game's never going to feel the same for you, you know, type of thing. So I really enjoy that one. Uh, it's a real good two-player, half-hour, hour, you know, going back and forth type game. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. It's really good. I like it a lot. You know, just kind of going back and forth. It's it almost feels like a little miniatures game, but really not because you got little cards you're sliding around the board, and then you're putting up your you might you know you might have different walls that pop up and this and that, and it it's a good pick. Yeah, how they go off of each other, like you know, this faction. Uh, can climb over your walls anyways yeah. so yeah, for this, like these guys screw you make walls. <laughs> yeah just it's yeah it's cool yeah that that back and forth there is really cool mm-hmm. uh man rolling rolling dice for combat not your thing You're yeah not i'm not real good at that <laughs> all i need is one hit with these three dice and, and i, I win. win all three, ones yep, all snake eyes <laughs> oh well oh, <laughs> yeah that was you too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so my number eight, it's a game that I was always interested in playing. But the box cover just looks so bad, and the graphics look okay, just gross. Yep. Or maybe not gross, <laughs> but it just it didn't bring me in, right? Mm-hmm. So number eight is Concordia. When we finally got it out and played it, it was it just almost blew me away. Like I, I love the the cards that you can buy during the game that you use for actions you also use for scoring i just i just love that i love the dual use of the cards and everything it can do you know do you want to go for a specific win condition you're just trying to buy up all those cards you can or you try to mix it up a little bit 
spread it out. It's up to you. Was a f Did you play that at Origins this year for the first time? That was, was my right first before? time. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was my first. Yeah, we played it game. before. Yeah, we yeah, played guys... it a bunch of times before that. Another before game you guys just play without me. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a really good game. It's it's more than an intro game, like introduction to the hobby, but it's yeah. that next step, I feel like, where you try to get into some uh, the strategy to it. You know, it's a medium-weight game. And it's really cool, like you said, with how the cards work. You play the cards for the actions, but it's also scoring you at the end of the game. And if you're not careful, you're doing all this stuff on the board. You're grabbing this, you're grabbing that. You're not buying up cards. You're not going to score much at the end of the game. Yeah. So you really need to prioritize buying these cards, which you're going to score a lot when the game comes to an end. But it's really quick actions. You know, you play your turn, you're done. And it's not uh, the rule book's like two pages. So it's, yeah. it's really nice. It was streamlined. I like a lot of aspects of the game better than others, and I think that I just haven't figured that strategy out. <laughs> <laughs> How to play, uh, you know, efficiently. How to play well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, I like that Perfectus Magnus that goes around the board, or yeah. whatever it's called. That's pretty cool. Um, some of the cards are interesting it's all right mm -hmm. for me it's i feel like there's a lot of other games you'd rather that play, i'd rather yeah, play you'd rather not play that play something else i like the uh when the card where you can copy someone else's card like that oh this card is under my deck oh tim played that i could copy that card it's always right. funny when you see that someone plays like the really good card yeah and then, like the next three people yeah, just, play their copy yep, cards copy Bam, copy, yep. copy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they played the upgraded version of that card, and everyone's waiting for someone else <laughs> yep. to play that because yep. they already yep. played theirs. Oh, he's got the beak marketer. I'll yep. copy that. Yep. <laughs> Otherwise, I mean, it's it, it's a solid game, and I'll definitely play it again. It's just not one I would ever pick. If it's mm -hmm. up to me, you'll play it a lot. All right. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> you'll forcibly play it. <laughs> My number eight is um, a very long game. Dominant species, uh, and I—it's very much so area control. You know, the once you figure that out, <laughs> then you start scoring points at the end. Uh, <laughs> I—it's hard for me to describe the game because there's so much going on. You know, you're, you got so certain amount of action or pawns, workers that you put out in this action board, and everyone takes their turn placing them out, and you do all these different actions, populating the board. Uh, fighting each other off, moving your guys around, glaciating the world, and you know possibly killing off other people's uh, source of food or life. Um, and dudes on a map, in the sense of your cubes in area control, is just how I see that. Uh, there's just so much going on in every game, I feel like. When you play as the different species, they have different benefits that come out. And um, when I play, each game I feel varies because this guy is all of a sudden just glaciating, and that's mm -hmm. his whole tactic. And he just screwed me three times in a row. But I got to figure out a way to come through. Uh, it's it's a cool premise uh, too. I really like the whole you're vying for becoming the dominant species and you evolve throughout the game that's just it's it's cool yeah i'm not gonna say a whole lot because i might be talking about it later, <laughs> so 
Fair. I definitely agree with everything he said. Okay. So. Yeah, look, forward, look forward to his because he'll have a better concept of how to explain it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's it's really good. I always enjoy it. It's it's one of those games that's so long, it doesn't get out as much as it should. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to get to the table. It takes like it's, five hours, four four yeah, hours to play. Four to, four to, it depends on yeah how many people, how fast you are, yeah, and how race. experienced they are. But it, it can definitely it can take a long time. Yeah, and it's it's one of those deep burning games that you know when you get done. Oh, your brain does. You you feel it, but it's a good hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yes. Especially if you win. If you lose, it stings a little more mm-hmm. because you spent all yeah. that time just. <laughs> well, when you lose, like, monumentally. <laughs> yeah, when you, when you, yeah. When, when you, you don't like make it around the first in. corner yeah. of the score track. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> That's my number eight. My number seven is a game by GMT Games, and uh, you, Tim, actually introduced it to me. You picked it up. We'd kind of we'd kind of talked about it and this and that, but you actually picked it up, and we ended up playing it quite a bit. Uh, Two-player-only game, and that is uh, Twilight Struggle. Um, the theme is cool, Cold War. I like the Cold War, mm-hmm. and it really it feels like a Cold War. You know, you're you're not sure what this guy is gonna do. Is he going to uh, try to take over the Middle East? Is he going to try to take over Asia, Europe? You know, you're you're panicked. I don't know. I got a hand of cards. I have to play this card. I can play it for its event if it's my card or a neutral card. Or I can use it for operations points, which does different things on the game board. But then if it's an opponent's event, they get to play that event. And I got to basically mitigate or play that card at the right time where it hurts me the least and bene- it doesn't benefit you. You know, it's it's a really intense, satisfying. You know, it feels like a war game. You know, Cold War. It's yeah, and I I really like this one. I like you said. I, I like the the tenseness of holding onto your cards. You know, when do I play it? Um, you know, you could get a hand of cards of your opponents, but there's almost enough. You know, you could space race a card that would really hurt you. You know, you could use the op points to kind of mitigate the card a little bit. So even though you have to play their event, mm-hmm. there's enough going on that you can kind of chip it down. Yeah. And it's it's always, it always seems like to me when I play it, there's always a round where I either get a handful of scoring cards and I don't want that, or I get no scoring cards I'm panicking trying to figure out where my opponent's going. Yeah, or do, what scorecard does he have? You're right. Uh, is he bluffing this? Oh, why do, this? why do you coo over there? Is he, he's got yeah. that card. I know he does. You know, it's just... Yep. I haven't played this game. I've played 1965, making yeah, president. 1960? 1960. 1960. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you guys tell me it's similar. It's in, similar. In yeah. the way they play. Yeah, it's, it's like a lighter version of it. It's similar, definitely. Yeah. So that's all I really have to go off of, and I really like that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I only played it the one time, but Twilight Struggle is one I would like to play. And I know they're making. I think uh, is it Twilight Empire, where it's uh, France and England, yeah, I believe. Imperial Twilight. Imperium, Imperial Twilight sounds right. Yeah, something along those lines. But they're supposed to be coming out with that sometime year or two. I don't know when, but yeah, I, I P five. I look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, so my number seven. I'm not sure how to build up into this one, but uh, Empire's Age of Discovery. Mm. It's it's one I really enjoy. I like the, uh, you know, you got the sideboard, you're putting all your guys out, 
They're sending colonists to the New World, trying to uh, discover it, trying to send your colonists out there, do all that stuff. Um, you know, I like the work placement aspect of it on the side, spreading your dudes out of the map. Yeah, it's a solid game. I like the the ships as like um, wilds, basically, for your workers, um, or, or or resources. Yeah, the the ship becomes as a wild resource, yeah, which gives you income at the end of each round. Right. It, it's got a lot of cool things going on in that game. It's uh, I always enjoy it when we play it. Yeah, I, uh, it's one of those. I know I like it a lot, and after each time I play it, I'm like, yeah. I forgot how much I like this game. You know, I really like this. I like the uh, the workers, the different workers you have. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Each one has their own special ability, and you have your normal colonists. The uh, it's kind of not similar to dominant, but it's got the same. You place your workers out, top to bottom, left to right. You carry out the actions after everyone places them out. Uh, it's got some area control out there. You're exploring the land. It's yeah, it's a very good game. It was on my short list for my top ten. I didn't make it, but it was close. Well, my number seven is uh, a one versus four, one versus all game. Uh, Fury of Dracula, whatever edition you have. Fourth. Fourth. Fourth third. Third or fourth edition, whatever one Tim has. Whichever one is not coming out from Wizards. The last one, I think, Fantasy Play yeah, yeah. made is the one you have, I believe. Yeah. Either way, and for me, that game, the theme is just hugely immersive. Uh, the whole world of you know running around uh, Europe and trying to escape these hunters, and they're all narrowing in on you. And it's always like super tense from either side. You're like, oh, if I can just sneak through them real quick and use fast horses to get by. Dracula's moving around, placing vampires out, doing what he's got to do to escape and just survive and cast terror through the land. And it's it's really fun as Dracula trying to move around and everyone's beating down on you and adversely as the uh, investigators or whatever you want to call them. Hunting down Dracula is super tense. Like, he had to have been here two turns ago. Yeah. Um, he revealed his spot, and he was there, but now he's on the ocean. Which ocean, or which sea, rather? And Dracula takes damage on the sea, and it, it's just like this whole... It, it's a struggle the entire game. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I want to... Uh, I enjoy it. I always feel like I think I'm going to enjoy it more than I actually do when I play it. But I do like it. I want to play as Dracula. And I also want to play it, like, I think each time we play with the max player account, when I've played, I've yeah. only played two or three times. I just, when I'm an investigator or whatever they are, you know, I feel like I don't get to do enough on my turn. That's just, I grab the boat token, that's my turn, or something like that. But I definitely want to, because you play with, as two people, right, when you play with less. Yeah. I think I'd like that more. And I definitely... I want to try out Dracula because it seems like a lot of fun when you're Dracula. Mm-hmm. But I do enjoy the tense, like, it feels thematic, you know, like, oh, where'd Dracula go? Yeah, it's it's one I like quite a bit, too. Um, I think I do like it more with less players. So with one person playing Dracula and then two people playing the hunter. So each hunter player will play two hunters. So... It's, it gives the feel that you have more to do on your turn instead of, oh, I'm just going to take a train ticket or I'm going to move. And then, you know, you got a few more options to do. It just it just came across a little better 
But yeah. I, I do like it quite a bit at, at full player count, too. Yeah, I've only played it at full player count, and I think that especially being... No, we played it at... We're at your house. Oh, what did we play it? it was well, I was Dracula then. I, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah was, I, I think that as the investigators with a lower player count, it's fun. it, it would be more fun for them. Yeah. Um, as Dracula, I don't really... Yeah. It, it doesn't... Yeah, you I don't know if it would change that no. much. But Fury of Dracula... All right, my number six is a game by Egrich Spiel. We played it at a convention a couple of years ago, I think. It's uh, designed by Alexander Pfister, who's one of my favorite designers. And that is Great Western Trail. Mm. Um, first time we played it, the guy did a great job of explaining it. I had no clue what was going on. <laughs> yeah, There's definitely. Icons all over the place. You do this, you do that. There's a million different mechanisms going on. But after I played it, I was like, it just seemed it just seemed really cool. I really enjoyed it. I played it at two, three, and four. It gets a little longer with four, but when you play with two and three, I, I still enjoy it a lot with four. I'll play it with four, and I'll never turn it down. But with two, me and my brother and wife play it all the time, and it's we're done in an hour or less. It's mm. super quick for how much there is going on in that game. Because there's a lot to think about. Do I want to make high deliveries and get good cow cards and score a lot of cow points or delivery points, or do I want to get train points, or do I want to build these buildings that get me points and give me super cool actions? And it's just there's a lot of mechanics to the game, and I felt he made them meld together perfectly somehow. Yeah, I like this one quite a bit too. It's got the deck building that I really enjoy. You're kind of building up your cows. Mm -hmm. And you got the different stops along the way before you get to where you, the market where you sell your cattle. And there's there's enough spaces that you can kind of swap your hand out a little bit. You can get rid of the crummy cows that you don't want or don't need. And you're kind of trying to build your hand up. So, yeah, that's a good one. I feel like it's pretty tight. I do enjoy the game. Don't... <laughs> play it the way I did, where oh, you yeah. never draw up. Always draw up. Uh. Yeah, you would never, uh, at the end of your turn, you draw up to your hand size, and you would never... Like, I just didn't for, like, first, two rounds, yeah, so that game was... deliveries, you're like, how are you guys delivering with that many call <laughs> cards in your hand? And it's like, so oh... That particular playthrough was ruined, but I really like the, yeah. I like the game uh, in general, though. It's, it's a good game. So just follow the rules. Just follow the rules. That helps. <laughs> that always helps. <laughs> so my number six, it's uh, it's a game that, that you had gotten, I think, for Christmas one year. And your wife was really, she was like, really? You, you want a game like that? Yeah, it's, it looks like a child's game. It looks really childish, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a ton of fun, and that's Arcadia Quest. It's got... Kind of like the chibi, you know, the, the figures, yep. yeah, yep. the, the, the big, big heads. Head. Yeah, a little body um, head. Kind of zany artwork, um, a lot going on. But it's just so much fun. Uh, you, you start off with your little guild, and you're kind of going through each mission. Um, you can kind of attack each other, but it's not too bad. You know, you don't, you're not 100% going after each other. But then also you have like a mission objective, and you're trying to get it um get that kind of stuff taken care of so and then in between each mission it's always fun to oh you get a new item you get upgrade cards you can buy stuff it's always cool to do that i think the first time we played it we sat down for hours we just kept playing like we got done with a scenario it's like 
Uh, yeah, let's, let's go. Let's go again. One more. One more. One more. Yeah. And then we'd like start packing it up, and I I think I got time for another one. Okay, let's get it back out. We started like playing. I'm pretty again. sure after a few, we actually did. We packed it up. I started walking yeah. up the stairs, and we're like, uh, I want to try yeah, this what, what new time? weapon yeah. I just got. Let's play again. <laughs> Yeah. So it's it's just just a lot of fun. I'm I'm excited. They got um, Starcadia Quest coming out, which mm-hmm. I'm big on s- space theme. So it, it, I'm really interested right to see how. Yeah, yeah, it's right on my my wheelhouse. So. Yeah, I like uh, I love the game. Uh, the pets that they added, I thought that was that was fun. That's the um, one thing I haven't played. Yet. Pets yeah. or the mounts. Okay, the yeah, I haven't played with those. Yeah, I just played with the pets. Um, yeah, I really enjoy the game. It's a lot of fun. It's one of those. It's cool upgrading at the end. You just want to play it again and again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've only played it the one time. Kind yeah, of reminds me of games like Mice and Mystics and things like that. Where you, you I don't know exactly because I only played the game once. But like in Mice and Mystics, you go through a story and you upgrade. You get you find new items, and mm-hmm. that is always cool in a game to me. But having only played Arcadia Quest once, I don't have a huge bearing on it. Yeah. I feel like it was a, it would be a game I would I would enjoy if I played it more. My number six is uh, a tile-placing game, Queen Domino. It's, uh, I think the first time I played it was just you and I, Ryan, at two players. And I just really like how how the tiles work like in adjunct with each other. Um, scoring, you get all the yellow tiles, all the... And the black tiles, the mines, those ones are really cool. I always try to go for those because they mm-hmm. get you like super amount of points. And you got all the buildings that you can add that either give you victory points or put out uh, like castles. And there's the queen that acts as a castle. And how does that score? Uh, whoever, I think whoever has the most castles at the end gets the queen, and then she goes on your biggest, uh, like your biggest area land type gives you another crown which is like a multiplier right right you count up your crowns mm-hmm. times the uh, amount of spaces you i can't remember exactly how it works i haven't played it for a while but yeah it's... right and i like the whole aspect of like putting your knights out to collect taxes on your areas and that's how you're gaining your currency throughout the game to uh, buy buildings or pay the dragon off to burn uh, something mm-hmm. down that someone else wants that's yeah. just a really cool thing and i never played king domino but I hear all the time that Queen Domino just added so much more that King Domino is basically like a pre-expansion to yeah, the game. Yeah, I think how it works is King Domino, you just the tile part of the game where Queen Domino added the buildings and the dragon and the knights and the castles and the queen and all that. Yeah, yeah I just always have fun playing this game, and it's light, it, it's light enough, and it's um, the rules are pretty simple, even with the like knights and the castles and whatnot and um it looks cool it, for what it is it looks really cool out on the board and we play it in what like a half an hour yeah or so yep. and so it's a cool game to play like you're waiting for some guys yep. to show up or for game day or whatever it, it's just a lot of fun it's one of my favorite uh light filler games definitely it's it's a lot of fun it's satisfying at the end when you build your own little kingdom and you look down you know your tiles on the board and stuff yeah I only played it once, mm-hmm. so I I remember liking it, but I don't. I can't really say much more about it. Yeah. yeah, no, I you know I know it's tile placement and stuff like that, but um, that's uh, my take on it. 
Uh, my number five is uh, similar to my number six. It's a game by Spiel, and it's also designed by Alexander Pfister, and that is Mombasa. And that, like Great Western Trail, is a heavier game. I know some people don't like the bookkeeping track, and I can understand that. Um, for me, that's actually my favorite part of the game. If I did, if it didn't have that in there, I would still enjoy it a lot. It probably wouldn't be in my top ten, but the bookkeeping track in itself is like a super heavy. You got to really plan ahead, think a lot. Its own mini game or game in itself. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of like a stock market game. You're kind of growing the stocks of these four companies in Africa, and you can actually, oh, you see uh, the Mombasa company's moving up a lot. I'm going to jump in there and try to get some stocks. Uh, do I do that? Do I go for diamonds? Do I go for book points? I just, I like everything about this game. I think one of the unique parts is uh, how you play the cards. So you play cards on the bottom of your board, and then at the end of the round, you pick up one of the discard piles above your board, and then after that, you take your old played cards and discard them up above your board. So you have like three, four, or five discard piles, and that part itself is a lot of planning ahead. It's a fun game. There's a lot going on. And I don't know if I've ever done particularly well, but I don't think I've ever done particularly bad either. Uh, the bookkeeping track is something that I never do in the game. But, you know... And you don't have to do it if you want to be competitive or win, you know. It's, right. It's, yeah. it's it's okay for me. I'm not huge on it. Um, I'm pretty sure you meant me. Some people... Not well, like, the <laughs> like, I do... I go on Board Game Geek a lot, too, and there's a lot of people that argue back and forth about, is bookkeeping overpowered, underpowered? Why even... I don't okay. really like the bookkeeping. Some people like it or love it. Yeah, it's see, one of those it's, divisive things. I think you're either going to love the bookkeeping or hate it. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm in one of those. I, I really hate that part of the game. <laughs> and the last few times I've gone into it, I've thought to myself, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna go for bookkeeping. I'm going to make it happen this <laughs> make time. Make a point to do it. And every time it just doesn't work out, and I get so frustrated, I just stop doing it. And then I – by that, I'm just, you know. Yeah. So, sure, it's probably mostly – my own fault, <laughs> but hey, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so my number five, I know you played it once. Aaron has not played it. It's the only miniatures game on my list, and it's Bolt Action or Conflict 47. Uh, this is a historical miniatures game. You can get any faction you want from the World War II era, and, you know, like any other miniature game, you're going to pre-assemble your army and send them out, um, you know, measuring your, how far you're going to go, movement, um, you know, different weapons fire differently, depending on how many dice you're going to roll, the range on them, you got different vehicles going on, there's a lot to it, it can be a little fiddly at times, but uh, my brother and I play it a lot, and it's, it's my number five game. Yeah, I can't say anything about it. Yeah. yeah, I played it a couple times. It's not my thing, like the miniature games for me type of thing. But yeah, it's yeah. And then the other, um, so I said bolt action slash conflict. So the conflict forty seven, the story of it is that it goes, the war keeps going on, 
So now there's they're introducing different um, units. So like one faction might have some mechs or some different robots you can use, or you know the Germans might have used zombies or werewolves and stuff like that. So it it added more to it. It's used the same rule set, but it just gave more variety to it. So it kind of it helped expand on it too. So. Yeah, I think for me it was just. I mean, I only played a couple times, so I don't know. And I haven't really played other miniature games. It was just kind of too long, too random. My number five is. Um an abstract game in the GIF series of games. Check. <laughs> they, they guessed it. <laughs> Got one. It's going to be gonna be Czar. Uh, it's just a really cool game uh, that uh, you, you know, you got your white and your black pieces. There's three different um, pieces per player. Um, you know, a plain piece, one with one ring and one with two rings, and the objective of the game is to eliminate all uh, of one type of the opponent's pieces and your first move always has to be a capture where you slide one of your pieces on a straight line and take one of the opponent's pieces off the board and your second can be um, making yourself stronger so following that straight line rule hopping on top another one of your pieces and there's this cool dynamic shift uh, where your least powerful pieces at the beginning your least prevalent become your most prevalent and there's that cool balance um it to, for me it looks really cool on the board i just like the simplicity the look of a lot of abstract games it's a nice looking grid with some chunky pieces and it plays in five to ten minutes and i can teach it to just about anyone and there's a lot of tactical depth to it i feel like a lot of uh deep deeper strategy like you got to be watching moves ahead looking at the other players moves and making sure you're defending yourself everywhere and it's just uh i have a lot of fun with it it's really short I can knock out like five games in a half an hour and every time i play i want to play another one I uh, I like it. It uh, it's one of those. It's quick. You get in the action right away, and then uh, you you kind of want to play again right away. I don't think it looks good at all. But <laughs> I mean, I like I like the pieces that you pick up and move around. But other than that, I don't like the look of it. But I, I enjoy the game a lot. It's a fun game. I thought it was okay. Yeah, <laughs> I played it just a few times, just a few weeks ago with you too. And yeah, yeah. It the the pieces on the board look okay. They kind of look cool, but the board itself, the grid. Eh. and gameplay for me it was i didn't quite know what was going on i'm just kind of doing stuff and and then all of a sudden i'm like oh i win yep oh you <laughs> oh yeah you, you did didn't you <laughs> yeah so maybe if i play it more you know i might like it more but well, yeah that's where we we differed you know i really like the look of abstracts i like that simplistic yeah grid look you it's know elegant but i i like games that are massively covered in artwork too you know but there's just something about how simple it is that i really like it and that's czar right, my number four has uh i think that's the first uh, crossover we have it's been mentioned by aaron uh, it's a gmt game and that's uh, dominant species mm-hmm. we played it tim we played it uh six player first game two three years ago i don't remember but uh the whole time I was playing the game, I was like, "This is, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. This game's great." It was, 
there's so much to think about when you you put your workers out there and you okay I gotta protect myself from this I got I don't want to lose this element I don't want I want to pick one of these these cards you know I want to get one of those cards I gotta protect myself from that card if someone picks it you get the area control on the board but then when you put your actions action pawns out there by the time it comes to the actual turn the game state could have changed so much that you're going to do something completely different than when you initially intended on doing. Yeah, it's. I like this game a lot. You pretty much hit it on the head for me. Yeah, I, I kind of made it mentioned it earlier. I, I like it a lot. I played it three to six. I liked it with all three, four, five, and six. Yeah. You can go a little long, and like you said, it can be a little heavy, do brain burny, but it is what it is. But yeah, that's my number uh, number four dominant species. Uh, so my number four. It's got a, a fairly different theme, something that I didn't think I would be into. Uh, so it's viticulture. Mm. I'm not big on wine. I don't make wine, but it, this game's really cool to me. I like the you know you're you're going out, you're planting your farms, and then you're going to harvest that farm, and to put your grapes into your crush pads, and then you can age those out, and then you can move those into your cellar, you can expand your cellar. I mean, there's just so much going on. Uh, just a lot of fun. Yeah. How long has this game been out, roughly? Uh, I want to say about five, four or five years. I don't really know, but that's just my guess. Because I've only played it, I think, the one time, and it's been like two years. Yeah, so it was I one don't, of the first games that yeah, you played. It's been like two and a half years, probably, and I don't. Rem I remember liking it. Mm -hmm. I don't remember a lot about it, and I don't remember why I liked it. It'd be they, one that I have to play. Again. Yeah, they came out with Viticulture, and then after a couple of years, I think they came out with uh, Viticulture Essential Edition. That's what me and Tim have is the Essential, and now they have a uh, Tuscany Essential and the expansion. I liked it base game a lot, and with the expansion, it added a new uh, board actually. So each of the four seasons, you can take actions instead of just two seasons. It it's really cool. You gotta. It's really it's for me it's thematic it's great artwork great components but yeah you uh, you gotta plant and then you know you gotta harvest and then you gotta you know, all that stuff it's age your wine and salad and it's cool I remember enjoying the artwork like the there's little like pieces um, like when you make the different kinds of wine isn't there like the blush it's, yeah there's little glass beads yeah. or something like that or plastic glass and you put them down on and then it, you can see them through the right. piece, actually. That looked really cool. I remember that. That's the uh, the visitors help a lot, too. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, visitors. The, the more visitors yeah. you got out there, yeah. you know, you might have spring or summer visitors, winter visitors, all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah. Just a good time. My number four is a game that we played. It's in, This year was the first time I played it, and I know it's been out for a while. Ryan, you actually picked it up at Origins. Um is power grid i really enjoy the bidding i don't think there's another game that i've played that has that to that degree and you're just ramping up someone else's bid just to do it sometimes that's a lot of fun uh you're basically trying to power the united the in the map you have the 
in North America, except for a few sections. And you have different types of fuel to do that. You're putting generators over the board. It costs you money to make connections from one city to another. And through the game, you other people can come into your cities. Um, and you can block people off, especially in the beginning. Yeah. And that, that's just a lot of fun. I've definitely never won it, but I've always had fun playing it. I like the bidding so much. Um, and then the buying of the resources. And it's very, like, mathy. You know, you got to, like, get your money right. Yeah. I, there's been a couple of times where I'm like, I am $1 short from doing, you know, what I need to do this round. And that's frustrating, but I just have a good time playing the game anyways. It's not like the components are, like, super quality or anything. They're not bad, Mm -hmm. uh, but... and the board doesn't look that particularly beautiful, but it's just a f- fun game. It's a solid game. It's got that uh, the board or the game box has that like Concordia look. It doesn't look that good, but when you actually play it, it's it's a fun, really fun game. It's an older game. I don't remember. It came out two thousand four or five or five. something like that, somewhere around there. It's like ten, fifteen years old, but and we had just played it this past year and really, really enjoy it. It's a fun game. Yeah, I enjoy it a lot. Um, you know, the, trying to balance, okay, am I, am I going to bid this much on a power plant, but then I might cut my short on myself short on fuel, and then I might not be able to build a generator, and you're kind of fighting with that, trying to figure it out. We did yeah. play a game where I had, like, three turns where I got completely blocked in on the East Coast, yeah. and I could not, it would have cost me you over, over, I would have, it was over, like, 100 coins. I would have had to pay just to put a generator out on the board. And it just, it didn't make sense. So I sat there and just built money up until it opened up for the, where we could put two generators in a city. And then from there, I just exploded. I think I put like four or five generators out in one turn. At least. It could have even been more. Yeah. So it was six, yeah. seven. Yeah. So I did have a few turns where it's kind of like, ah, I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting. But then it, the big boom I had was, it felt really, yeah, really cool. So. All right, my number three is uh, another game by CGE, and that is a civilization building game. That is Through the Ages, A New Story of Civilization. Yeah, I mean, I just like everything about the game. Um, I like Sid Meier, the computer game. I always enjoyed those growing up, and this game, while not, doesn't play the same, obviously, and there's no map, it just feels so similar to that. For me, it captures that as much as it could. Um, you really got to plan ahead. What leader am I going to get? Uh, i got to make sure I have enough food to feed my people, uh, resources, corruption, military. Oh, this guy's building up. i got to make sure I stay within striking distance, or do I want to just build up and make a surprise turn where my military really jumps up and I do some attacking. Uh, but, yeah, I just I really like everything about the game. It's a great game. There's so much going on in this game yeah. that my brain hurts <laughs> after <laughs> every time. <laughs> and I am not great at it. And I, I think we, we talked about this before, how like I I think it's a solid game and I most the the reason I might shy away from it is because I suck at it. Because <laughs> we've um, played it, we've played it a lot more than you. Yeah, and you guys yeah. are so much more experienced, and you've had like you've played on the app a ton, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I've never played on that. And so, like every time I'm in there, I'm like, I'm gonna suck for five hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
but there's a lot going on in it that I do like, like uh, just you know, scoring the culture, the different buildings you make. Like you said, I've I played some of the Sid Meier's games as well, uh, Civ Five, whatever, and the like technology tree in that game, I think comes out in this board game. There's there's a lot going on with the cards and spending your like political actions versus your and versus your military actions yeah. and some of the leaders let you use military actions as political actions and or whatever and there's just there's a lot going on that is a lot of fun. I just need to get better at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of the things. I think there is such a learning curve. Yeah. Because we've played it so much now, but someone that hasn't played it, it's going to be a lot harder for them to get into it. Um, so I, that could be a negative. Um, in length, I mean, it could be really long. Yeah. You know that could. Oh yeah, it's definitely it's it's a hard game to learn, and then it's a longer game, and if you're getting beat bad, it it's miserable yeah it's hard hard to catch up right in this game right but and i think the app does a great job of capturing the yeah the app the app's great because you can easily jump into a game either with people or against a computer Mm -hmm. and you can bust out a game under an hour wow that's hugely different yeah but you're (laughs) you're on an app right especially against a computer yeah right yeah so uh so my number three I'm not sure if you guys like it, but uh, Dominant Species. <laughs> I've heard of that one. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Garbage. So. I hear tell. Yeah, we had, I mean, it's been discussed twice already, so I, I'm not sure if there's much more we need to say, but yeah. it's it's good. Uh, they they are coming out with um, Dominant oh, Species yeah, yeah. Marina. Oh, yeah. Right? That was Marine, uh, yeah. Marine. Yep. Um, so that would be kind of cool to I see. I think that plays two to four. Okay. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to that one. Yep. Definitely. Is that a standalone? Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, some cool. Game. Yep. My number three is Orleans. Um, it's a fun bag building game. You know, you're getting a bunch of different workers from different tracks. Uh, you're sending them out on your player board, going to different areas. You know, you send a boatman and a woodcutter to go to the to build your farmhouse um and all these different workers do different things um you send them out to the city uh we do we played the co-op recently and that was hard that was Mm -hmm. very difficult i think that i like the competitive better but the co-op had a lot of cool things going on with it too. Just uh, with the, you're building up your castle, you know, you have to have enough money saved up, enough knights to protect it, and yeah. things like that. But the the original game, I just I find a, a lot of fun every time that I play it. I really like, you know, the deck building games and stuff like that. And this is your little worker building game in a in a bag that you're drawing out tiles, and that's that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Trying to make the most efficient moves. Like out on the board, uh, traveling to di- and building different guild halls, picking up resources out there. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, the uh, I think my favorite part of the game is the actual bags that you draw on the, <laughs> the super soft of, bags. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, it's uh, it, it was an honorable mention. It made my short list. It's a great game. Um, I too, I like the competitive game better. Competitive game better, but uh, I thought the invasion expansion, which added the uh, co-op was still a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, it's a good game. 
Yeah, I I'd almost say the same thing. Where I I like the expansion that made it co-op a lot. That was really cool how they could actually make a competitive game like that and turn it into a co-op game. Definitely. Um, but I I personally like the competitive game a little better, and it, it was also on my short list of. All right, my number two is a game by WizKids, and uh, that is Mage Knight, the board game. And uh, they actually just released uh, Mage Knight Ultimate Edition, and you picked that up today. I just bought it today. Wow. And uh, looks beautiful. This game is one of the hardest games I've ever tried to learn. My brother actually taught me, so it was easier for me, but... Uh, there's a lot going on, but it's the one game that captures... A lot of these... Like, I love fantasy. I love adventuring out, and, you know, I like RPGs. It's the one game for me that feels like I'm going out there. I'm actually adventuring. I'm fighting these different monsters. I'm going in this cave to fight this. I'm going to the castle to fight this guy. I'm getting more powerful as the game goes on. You know, I'm building up my character. I'm getting stronger and stronger. I think some of the downfalls can be playing it with more than two, especially if you're playing with people that don't know how to play the game. I think it's uh, great solo, great with two. Um, you can play competitive, you can play co-op. I like its mathy, like hand management, deciding what you want to do with your cards. But uh, it's one of those adventure games that is heavy, and I actually feel like I have meaningful decisions to make and tough decisions to make instead of, well, this is the obvious choice, I'll go do this. Yeah, so. we, we played it um, at Origins, four-player, and I thought it was too long at four. But like you mentioned, I just picked it up today, so it captured me enough where I'm excited to try it solo or two-player. Yeah. That I, I'm really interested. I, I like the mechanics of it. I like the... Um, you know, well, everything that was going on, I just thought the downtime was too long. So I think if yeah, definitely with more than two, especially with some people who aren't familiar with the game, you're waiting a long time yeah. between your turns because they're thinking and math and stuff out. Oh, I can't do this. I'm gonna try to, you know, it's yeah, it'd be a lot of downtime. So I'm I'm really excited to try it more and getting the uh, playing it solo or like I said, two players. So. The theme is amazing. Looks awesome i like the like putting the like expanding the board as you go when you're adventuring it reminds me of like the old school games where like diablo or something like that where you're going out and your map opens up as you go that kind yeah, of you thing see the different monsters exactly on the tiles and stuff that's really cool i don't i remember a whole lot about the game I think it was just so long, and I pro was probably burnt out by that point of the night, and we're like, let's play Mage Knight yeah. four hours later. <laughs> and that's not to discredit the game. I would definitely play it again. I would give it a shot. Uh, so for my number two, you had mentioned it. Uh, it's Through the Ages. It's it's real good. My Like I said prior, my only new negatives would be a steep learning curve for new people and the length of the game. Other than that, I love starting with almost nothing and starting that engine, just getting it going, getting it rolling, building it up. You know, you're going literally through the ages. You're starting at, you know, you're slowly getting better and better and better as you go and then building up to the end of the game, getting your civilization, scoring those victory points. Not much more I could say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number two is a... 
space game. We just played the Prelude expansion recently, and that's Terraforming Mars. You're competing companies trying to terraform Mars. Put your company out there, be the most efficient at it. I really like the like game end ticking down, like you have to get the oxygen level all the way up. You have to ter when you terraform Mars, the game is over. It's really cool in that regard. Um, just all the different cards. Every time I play, I get different cards, and I see some of the same ones, and I know how to utilize them better the more I play the game. And those startup, the, your starting companies, you know, that really can give you a direction. Mm -hmm. You don't have to focus on that, but it's very helpful to. Yeah. And with the Prelude expansion, um, it helps you hone what you're going to do throughout the game. And I, I, I like the milestones when you can get those and uh, the achievements. The theme for me is awesome because the whole, like, Mars thing in our yeah. day and age, you know, yep. like, will we go there? They just sent another uh, thing there, like, this year. Um, so they, it scratches that itch for me of, like, a Euro game that is involving mars and it, it's just very fun and i like playing with the drafting at the beginning yeah that 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 adds a or at, at throughout the game you draft the cards that's a lot of fun um i just you know i'm going after buildings but someone else is going after buildings and there's that race aspect in some places of the game too it's just mm -hmm. it's a blast yeah, it's a really good game. I like it a lot. Yeah, but the last time we played, we played with the drafting. Each generation, you draft your cards. I like that a lot more that way. I liked it the other way, too, but it, I enjoyed it more because you have more control over what cards you get and building your engine up. Yeah, I like this one quite a bit, too. My, I wish you could defend against getting your plants, your plants attacked. It seems way too easy just to... You know, you're building it up over time. Somebody can just come in and play a couple cards and just completely wipe out all the plants you've built up. And it just... I wish there was a little more defense to that. There's like one card. Yeah, yeah one card. Um, and, but then even that, it's like... Uh, wish there was more. Yeah, it doesn't cripple you when you get attacked. No, like someone lowers your uh, production of something or take out your plants. But it can be pretty annoying and if people constantly are targeting Right. You, I wish there was a... Way reaction cards or way you could prevent it yeah. from happening or something. But but yeah. Beyond that though, it, it's a it's a really good game. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. All right, my number one is a game by Ares Games, and that is War of the Ring Second Edition. Um, I love the theme of this game. Um, it's a very heavy game. It's a war game in a lot of ways. Um, difficult to get into and learn, but incredibly thematic, draws me in. When I'm the shadow player, I feel like I'm just building up my armies, going to just bust down these strongholds and just beat up on the free people, or I uh, try to corrupt Frodo and the ring bearers. I know one of the times we played, we actually, I think we ended how the book ended, where... I caused enough corruption, but you had Gollum, like, reveal the Fellowship or something. Yeah, right. Stop a corruption point from happening, something like that. And you ended up winning by dunking the ring. Yeah, <laughs> like right at the end. Yep. Just 
and when you're the free people, you're sweating. You're like, my military's not good enough. Oh man, I'm getting corrupted. There's no way I have a chance. You're like you're trying to slink your way down there. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's a great game. Yeah, this this one's a lot of fun. Um, I mean, the board is massive. It's literally two boards from the box just put right together, and it's just it's sprawling. I mean, there's a lot going on, like you said. Uh, I like the dice. Yeah, I like yeah how the dice you roll your dice and those actually determine your actions. They'll show different faces on it and those tell you what actions you can take and then you gotta work with what you have. And then uh, the cards are a lot of fun. The top of the card is like a super strong ability or it just might be like only useful in certain times. But if you can make them work, they're really powerful. Or the bottom of the card you can use as well for a combat ability which is, could be strong or powerful. So mm -hmm. it's that nervousness, do I use it now when it's not fully opportune, or do I save it for the right moment? This has a lot of that card play in it, which is exciting. Yeah, yeah what you guys say about it, it sounds really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even seen it on a table. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's unfortunate. <laughs> um, so my number one, it is the best game. <laughs> it's twilight struggle oh. it's it's my favorite um i just i just love how tense it is you know you don't know what your opponent has and you're playing cards back and forth and you're doing you know all sorts of different stuff we had touched on it earlier so i'm not going to go too much of it but uh it, it's good i agree it's, it's real good <laughs> i think you guys might guess my first clank or clank in space or both, or whatever. Yeah, both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Clank in Space is awesome in that it brings a little bit more to the original Clank. You know, I, I prefer fantasy themes over sci-fi, but this game does the sci-fi thing really comically with all the cards, you know? It just brings that levity to it where, like, Lord Eraticus already rules the universe. Like, bad guys win. Now just go steal his stuff. <laughs> you know, that's that's really cool to me. Um, the card drafting, again, one of my favorite uh, mechanics in games. Um, you can really build up, and Clank in Space has that where he blocks off the lair so you don't have people running in and getting the first artifact. Although you still can do that, but it... It can be detrimental because then someone else can really take their time, even if you do run in and just wallop you. You know, um, I don't think that I've played another game that is a deck builder that you get to move around on a board and go and collect items. And if there is a game out there, I haven't played it. But yeah, I think there's other ones like that, not to the extent where Clank is, like where you move around, you're grabbing items. It's a deck builder with. A board and a lot more game to it um yeah i think it's cool the cards you actually have three different types of like resources to spend you have your movement resource or your skill to buy new cards as well to spend and you also have your fighting your power or your strength to spend to kill enemies as well so it has three different things you spend instead of just buying cards buying cards buying cards you're doing right. multiple things yeah and there's the um in clank and space they add the faction abilities which trigger off of you know if you have a green guy uh this other player this other card you have might 
trigger off of that and give you this really other cool ability like you get two bonus movement or you get to subtract you know take two clank out of there mm -hmm. and there's there's a lot of cool stuff like that with like the power crystals you know if you have the power crystal you activate stuff like that as well they're just a lot of fun i i can even play them with my f certain members of my family and they can kind of grasp it after at least one play you know it take might take a little bit but there are people I know who have played some board games, like even just Settlers of Catan or something like that. I, you know, I can move them into Clank comfortably in my family, anyways. But with you guys, I always have a blast playing it. Yeah. Clank, the first one, is a lot of fun as well, and mm. I'm excited to try some of the expansions for that. I haven't tried the Apocalypse expansion for Clank in Space yet, but I do have it. Yeah, I. Uh... I like both games. I like Clank and Space a little bit better, and I'm excited to try the Apocalypse for Clank and Space. That mm -hmm. sounds really cool. I've only played original Clank just a few times. I've enjoyed every play, um, so I'd, I'm interested in trying that with all the expansions and all that good stuff. So, Let's finish the episode talking about some games that you've played recently or anything you're excited about in the hobby. Well, in the past, uh, this month, I guess, I uh, got Architects of the West Kingdom. Uh, we played that once at a, on a game day. I, it was just a really cool game. Um, we got the upgraded coins, which look and feel really nice. I just really like that. Um, <clears throat> it's a really interesting take on worker placement. Uh, definitely excited to try it again. Yeah, upgraded mm -hmm. coins are always a good thing. I like the... Uh, like the capture mechanic of the workers and stuff. That was cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were times in that game I almost felt like I wanted to get attacked so I could actually pick my workers up from prison, you know? It was kind of a weird concept, yeah. you know, because I could take a turn, you know, pulling guys off of one location. Yeah. But, you know, it was almost that weird take on it. It was kind of cool. Yeah, it worked out a couple times. Like when I was playing someone would capture my people and then I could now do you have to does a can you buy them back or does the person have to actually send them oh uh, they go to jail and then you have to go take the action to free them from okay jail. I remember a couple they, times they can capture your guys and put them on their own player board and um, you can I, buy them off there though I thought right there is a way to do that yeah in the jailhouse I think you can okay release your guys or there might be an apprentice or something uh, I remember there were a few times where I was getting thin where I was going to have to actually just pick up a worker as my action or whatever, because isn't that one of the actions you can take if you run out on your player board? Yeah, if you don't Maybe. have any action to take, you have no workers left, you'd have to spend your whole turn just picking yeah. up one worker. What actually helped me was someone corralled my guys from one location. I was able to get them back, so it made it easier for me to get them. <clears throat> yeah, that, it, it, it was an interesting way of doing it. I liked that a lot. Most definitely the look is great and the cards look really nice and it, it's overall a cool appearance. I, li I really like the Virtue track. Um, you know, mm. I, I stayed on that low end the whole time. I'm like, I'm going to build in the cathedral. Yeah. Oh, wait, I can't. Yep. I think I was right in the middle of the ground. Yeah, was, mm. yeah, art's great in that game. Good presentation. I'm also really excited. I backed um, Call to Adventure by Brotherwise Games with the Name of the Wind expansion, which is going to come out later. But they just announced not too long ago that it's production's done, they're ready to ship. And so I'm really looking forward to that. It's a cool concept. So, so Name of the Wind, where is that from? Where's Name of the Wind? 
Pedro Rothfuss is the author of uh, two fat fantasy novels that are just awesome. And so the expansion takes place in that world with Kavoth and Valorian and all of that. And so I'm really excited about that because I'm a huge fan of the series okay. thus far. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it just looks like all the art looks really good on it and all the like um, upgrades that come with it from I don't know if everyone's gonna they have the option to buy them like the card sleeves that are for that game specifically uh, the, it, everything just looks really good in production I did see that uh, Paladins of the West Kingdom they're gonna kickstart that sometime early in 2019 that was Announced, and that's a uh, the same series, I guess, as Raiders of the North Sea and Architects. Yeah, same def- designer team, and yeah, it was kind of a shock, you know, like they just like uh, set out for people to buy Architects, and then they and then it's like boom, Paladins. I thought that was clever marketing for just, them, just you know? keeping yeah, that just, hype train rolling. Just exactly, yeah. I got me excited. I don't know much about it, uh, other than you know the. It's in that same line. Yeah. Uh, so one of the games recently that I've been excited about, I mentioned it earlier in the episode when we were doing the top ten. Um, I had picked up the Mage Knight Ultimate Edition. So that's uh, – I'm really hyped about that. should be fun. Um, another game we played recently was uh, – actually, you didn't play it, Ryan. Uh, it was me and Aaron and two other guys who played 878 Vikings. Uh, it's in the – what is it? The, the same line as the uh, 1775, yep. 1812. Yep, it's um, the Making America in England series, I think is what it's called. I could be wrong. By but Academy Games. Yep, yeah. by Academy Games. Um, I I really like the series, um, the, at least the two games that I've played in it, the 1775, the Revolutionary War vor- version, and then 878. So the, the twist on this is it's more of um, attack and defense. You know, the Vikings that are invading... They're coming in with their big long boats and basically ravaging across England, and then England's trying to push them back. So it's kind of a cool uh, back and forth on that. Yeah, I haven't played, but I'd, I'd like to. I like 1775 a lot. I want to try this out. And this one seemed where the two sides play a lot more different as compared to 1775. They're both You're both kind of doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Does that seem cool? Yeah, yeah, I can see all that. Um. Yeah, the the last game I want to talk about, um, my wife and I recently played. Uh, actually, we played quite a bit. Is Abyss, uh, just amazing art, artwork. Um, is that with the expansions or without? That is, <laughs> no, it's not, and that's that's terrible. I need, I really need to get on that and get those. Uh, there's, there's two, two expansions. Yeah, yeah, two, two of, of them. There's the Kraken. I think was the first one, and then the Leviathan was the second one. I, it's one of those things. Um, we've played a lot just the base game so i know if we got the expansion we played a lot as well but for some reason i just have not yeah picked just, it up yet you just been expansion slacking yeah just expansion <clears throat> that yep. there's a few games in my collection i've done yeah, that too yeah Plano. There's, yeah. there's a few more yeah. i think abyss is probably the worst one that you want to get you just haven't pulled the trigger. yeah cuz we played it so much just haven't pulled the trigger yeah. uh, village was another one i finally got one of the expansions just haven't played it with the expansion yet hmm yeah, I recently uh, I played Anachrony and Heaven and Ale. I played them both two-player, and Heaven and Ale took me by surprise. I played it three times now, once at four, once at three, once at two. I liked all my plays of it. 
but the two-player game, it went so fast, it caught me off guard. It was probably 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and it was done. But I was like, I'm trying to plan ahead. I'm going to do this, going to do that. And it was already over before I really even got got going on. It just kind of caught me off what guard. What do you prefer, the player count at? Probably with more, three or four, but I want to play the two-player one again because I did enjoy it, and I just mm-hmm. wasn't prepared for it to be that quick, I think. So, but And then uh, Anachrony, I played as well. I hadn't played that. It had been almost a year, so it was a long while setting it up, refreshing on the rules. I was going through We were playing, and we were both kind of going through the first turn. We were kind of just muddling along. But then after the first round, everything kind of started clicking again, and we're like, okay, we're getting back into it. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Now I remember all the stuff that I like about this game, and yeah, it's it's a cool theme, time travel, and all that stuff. So it's fun. Yeah, Necrony's really cool with the like multiple, um, <clears throat> the different. Oh yeah, you um, got the player boards. Your leader's different. Your faction works differently from the other players. You got. All and all sorts and of all the different workers too. Like yeah. you know, the genius is like a wild card, and yeah. I really like that. And they slide into the little mechs. The mechs are really cool looking. Yeah, it's nice having the uh, the different types of workers with different restrictions on the action spots. It's cool. Yeah, and the mechs, the miniatures look awesome. This might be a weird take on it, but do you almost think the mechs are almost overproduced? Like it's beautiful art. It looks great, and the minis look cool. I'm not saying that, but it's almost like. Their purpose is just to hold a token and then put them on the board. For me, it brings me into the theme a lot more because when I put my worker in there, I feel like he's in that suit. He's going out into the dangerous world to protect them. It also just, in the base game, there's just tokens and you lay your worker on a token that represents the mech suit. And oh, really? I, I think it'd be kind of hard to see which person is what, you know what I mean? Yeah. So this makes it a lot easier. Yeah, I, I think they're really cool. But I was just, you know, curious what you guys. Think. I can, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, you know, compared to a lot of it, and they are not like fighting with the mechs or anything, but mm-hmm. they are a really good representation of your player. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, and the different factions have the different looking mechs, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that wraps it up. Thanks everyone for listening. Join us again next week as we review Terraforming Mars and Rising Sun. Our table talk topic is what game would you suggest to someone new to the hobby? And finally, we discuss our top 10 new to us games of 2018. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dual Win Games. <laughs>